When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm super excited to welcome back to the show for the third time, Crystal Payne of Money Saving Mom. Previously, Crystal has been on the show to talk about setting goals and developing discipline, making priorities, and saying no. This time, she's back in more of a storytelling feature where she shares where she has been in the past year to year and a half and what caused her to set aside the year 2016 as a year of rest. She tells us the story of what led up to that, what that year of rest looked like for her, what she learned from that, and even how she quit coffee. Yes, you heard that right. You'll hear all of that and more in this conversation with Crystal Payne. But first, if you're a leader and want to become even better, Seth Godin's Alt-MBA workshop is for you. Four times a year, they run an intensive leadership and management workshop designed for people itching to level up and make a bigger impact. The workshop splits you up into groups every week, so you're meeting with a bunch of people you'd otherwise never meet, and they curate those groups to pick the right mix of people getting and giving feedback from different industries and areas of expertise. The curriculum is entirely hands-on, and there's no lectures or videos. It's a rolling up of your sleeves and working in your groups, intensive, immersive, four week experience. You're working on practical projects that allow you to apply what you're learning. By working on 13 projects during that month, you're constantly pushing ahead and creating work instead of passively learning. You're actively putting concepts into practice. There's already over 1,000 alumni of the workshop from over 580 cities and 49 countries, including a mix of product managers, naval commanders, lawyers, marketing directors, engineers, filmmakers, and more. The group is made up of half freelancers and half folks at companies and startups like Slack, Tesla, Kickstarter, Microsoft, Nike, Trello, Warby Parker, and more, and the alumni said they'd do it again in a heartbeat because while most online courses barely have 7% completion rates, the Alt-MBA has 96% as their completion rate. They're now accepting applications for the summer and fall sessions, and you can find out more and apply at altmba.com slash beyond. You can even get special consideration by mentioning this podcast in your application and telling them I sent you. Again, you can find out more and apply at altmba.com slash beyond. That's A-L-T-M-B-A 
com slash beyond. Now enjoy this conversation with Crystal Payne. This week, it is my privilege to welcome back to the show for the third time, Crystal Payne. Crystal, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be here. So it's been a while, and you've been, weirdly enough, very busy and then not so busy, but still busy in that non-business, if that even makes sense. <laughs> it will make sense. We'll make it make sense. So the last time you were here was, oh gosh, it, it, it's just been a while, trust me. And we're recording this in 2017, but you named 2016 for you the year of rest. And I want to ask, why did you feel like you needed to make 2016 a year of rest? And number two, like, is that just taking the year off? I don't totally understand. Walk us through this. Yes. Okay. So um, I have been blogging for over 12 years. So a lot of years under my belt where I'd done a lot of different things. And in 2015, I was launching my third published book and hanging out with different companies. And I was working with a lot of different organizations. And um, while at the same time trying to run my blog and it was expanding and we were hiring on new people and there was so much going on because I had just said yes to all sorts of things because they were good things. And, you know, isn't good good? Isn't that what we should be doing? And and I started just really chasing after all this good stuff. So um, I felt like, well, if we hire on this company and, and you know, we get these opportunities and then, it, you know, our email list grows, well, then isn't that good? Because we're going to impact more people. And if we get more media hits and I say yes to those, isn't that good? Because we're going to reach new viewers and new people and isn't that good? And so I chased after all these things that, you know, they're good things, but they, there was too much of a good thing. It's just too much. And so I said yes to all this and I got to halfway through 2015 and was just completely overwhelmed. I was burnt out. I was exhausted. I was so, so, so tired and running on fumes but I didn't even really realize it because I just had to get up every day and put one foot in front of the other. And I was doing a lot of traveling and I was doing speaking and I was doing a lot of media, trying to write my blog. You know, I have three kids just trying to do it all and it wasn't working. And I remember the pivotal moment for me was I went out to coffee with Casey Graham. I don't know if you're familiar with Casey Graham, but I love him. And I thought we were going out to coffee because he wanted to pick my brain. That's what he said. And I think God knew that I needed to go out to coffee with him because it was going to change my life because we sat down and he asked me this question. He said, what are you excited about right now? And I gave him this blank stare because I hadn't thought about that question in a long time and I didn't have an answer. And I sat there and I finally said, really honestly, I don't know. I don't really think I'm excited about anything. That was the moment where it just really hit me something is very wrong here. And do you really want to live your life like this? Do you really see yourself wanting to live at this pace and be so exhausted and spend the next 10 or 20 years just chasing after all this good for what? So that you can be burnout and exhausted and not enjoy your life and be really good for nothing? No, I didn't want that. And so I spent the next few months just really thinking, okay, what do I do with this? I know there's a problem, but I don't know how to really get in a different place because 
shouldn't, I mean, how do you say no to people and to opportunities and stuff that seems like you really should be doing? So I let that just kind of marinate for a while. And um, we went to South Africa with, um, I went with my family. Um, Our heart is just really endeared to South Africa. And we um, work really closely with the ministry there. And I was offline mostly for, I think it was eight or nine days, that trip. And right before we left on that trip, we got an email from a company that they said, we'd like to buy Money Saving Mom. And we've had this happen in the past multiple times, but this one, it was a legitimate buyer and they legitimately could do something really great with the site. They had the money to pay what we would want to ask. And so for the first time, it was like, I could actually sell the site. What would that feel like. So we left and we went to South Africa. And while I was there, I've just felt like God just really worked in my heart to just say, to open up my hands and to realize that I was hanging on so tightly to all of this, this good stuff that was choking out the joy in my life. And so I just really let it go on that trip. And by the end of the trip, I said, I, I told my team, I told my husband, I said, I'm, I'm really ready to walk away I want to walk away from all of this. And so we spent the next two months going through all the things that you have to go through if you're going to sell your site. And I kind of just really was able to pry my hands off of all of that and think what it would be like to no longer be the founder of Money Saving Mom, to no longer be known as Money Saving Mom. And um, at the end of those two months, I we actually ultimately ended up deciding not to sell the business. Um, but it was I needed that complete reset there. And what it did for me was to say, I'm not going to sell, but I'm going to completely change the way that I do business. And so that was really where the year of rest came from is me saying, I am going to stop saying yes to all these good things. I'm going to say no to pretty much everything so that I can get to a place of reset so that I can figure out what do I want the next 10 to 20 years of my life to look like? What do I really want to say yes to? What really is going to spark joy for me? So there's your long-winded answer nice. <laughs> to how it came about. That's that's a great backstory to this. So then you're you how did you decide what was going to be your approach to the year of 2016? And and first off, like why name it the year of rest and how were you doing things differently in your business and even your personal life to get that rest throughout the year of 2016? So the biggest thing that I did was I put it out on um, Instagram and on my blog. I needed that accountability to really publicly put it out there. And then I had to kind of think about, okay, what are the parameters for this year? And the reason I called it the year of rest was one, because I knew that I desperately needed rest. I was running on fumes and so tired. Um, But also because I didn't want to call it the year of no, because I tend to be a very positive sort of person. And year of no just sounded so negative. So for me, I called it the year of rest because that just felt, that felt positive and like it was a good thing. Um, so I decided that my parameters would be, I kind of, I listed out some questions that I was going to ask before I said yes to any opportunity. And some of them were things like, what does my husband think about this? Is he on board with me doing this? Um, do I get so, 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 so excited about thinking of doing this opportunity, um, thinking of saying yes to this. One of the things is I would put myself in 
this, you know, let's say it was six months down the road. It was a speaking opportunity. I would put myself in my shoes six months down the road from then and think, how is it going to feel six months down the road from now when I'm actually doing this thing that I'm saying yes to now? Um, and then one of the other things was, do I really have the time and the capacity to do this? And so as I would just put every single opportunity and every single ask through those questions, I realized that very few of them I wanted to say yes to. Very few of them met the qualifications for me to say yes. So what happened is it was really hard. I started in December when the emails would come in, the phone calls would come in, the texts would come in and people would say, Hey, can you endorse my book? Hey, can you be on my podcast? Hey, can you speak at this event? Hey, can we go have coffee? Hey, can you volunteer for this? Hey, can you do this, 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 and this? I would start saying no. And I would say that the first 10 to 20 no's were really hard for me because I'm a people pleaser and I want to help everyone. And I would think, oh no, you know, if I say no to this, this person's going to be disappointed. They're going to be hurt. They're going to be whatever. But I made myself start saying no and just saying to people, you know, thank you so much for offering me this opportunity. I'm so honored that this next year I've really committed that I am going to, you know, it's going to be my year of rest. And so I just don't feel like this is going to be the right opportunity for me this year. And so I just had about three to five different responses that I would give depending upon the opportunity. And once I started saying no, it got easier. But here's the thing that I discovered that was surprising to me is that I had said yes to so many things that it took me a good four to five months of saying no before I had gotten through all the yeses that I had committed to. So it was not until about April of 2016 that I actually started feeling the effects of saying no because there were so many things that I still committed to. And I remember just starting to feel this weird feeling of breathing room in my day of like waking up and going, I don't have so many things crammed into this day that I have no idea how I'm going to get through it. It was like, oh, I have five things that I need to get done today. And then what am I going to do? And (laughs) I just didn't know how to even deal with that. And I realized that my hustling and my doing, 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 and my going, 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 it had become like a drug to me. And it had become my coping mechanism. And I had been able to, for years, stuff down all sorts of um, grief and pain and hurt and loss and different things in my life by just taking the drug of doing and saying yes and hustling. And so when I didn't have that drug anymore, because I had this breathing room in my life, then I had to actually start feeling and dealing with a lot of things in my life. And that was what really shocked me is having to process through all of that. And it was a very unexpected journey. And the things that came out of my year of rest were completely unexpected, but it's forever changed my life. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent. 
fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you enjoy Beyond the To-Do List, I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans. I'm Sarah Hart Unger, the host of Best Laid Plans, a podcast devoted to all things planning and planning adjacent. I talk about everything from paper planner reviews to deep dives into all things productivity, from keeping track of goals and tasks to fitting in your true priorities and reducing the stress around planning and organizing across different areas of life. I am a practicing physician and mother of three, so I have a lot going on in my own life and I'm intimately familiar with the time constraints that impact us all. And I love sharing my own productivity strategies and learning from others who have their own ideas to share. I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans, available on all podcast platforms, or visit my website, theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com, to learn more. It sounds to me, you mentioned the word uh, hustle, and it sounds to me like uh, almost an addiction to the hustle and kind of withdrawal symptoms of having to realize that it wasn't, it may have made you feel good. Like everything that we can be addicted to, even good things uh, can make you feel good. But ultimately if it's not truly uh, sustaining or healthy, then it's best to get rid of it. Yes, absolutely. It was such an addiction for me. And I think the thing that was hard for me is it was a humbling year for me because I downsized my team. I wasn't on the road speaking. I didn't have these cool things going on. And it was so good for me. It was good for me to be in this quiet place and just say, who am I without all the glitter and glam and bells and whistles? You know, who am I at my core? And just really getting back to that place of just living my life with my arms outstretched and just saying, you know, God, however you want to use me, that's how I want to be used. And I don't want it. I don't want it to be about me and my name and what I'm doing. I just, I want to do the right thing. And I want to honor you with my life. It sounds like you really had to hit pause or even stop for that matter. It was more like pause because you still had stuff going on. You had the stuff that was booked in uh, that you had already said yes to that you kind of had to honor your commitments to. Uh, for a little while there and get to that point of what late, you know, mid to late April of 2016. And finally you were starting to breathe and then you were realizing new things and kind of looking at things from a new perspective. And then suddenly you're looking around and like, Oh, there's some other stuff that maybe needs to change too. Like you, I know had a love for coffee, but you gave it up. Yes. (laughs) That was one of the very, very, very unexpected things that happened for my year of rest. Oh my goodness, yes. So I started working with a nutritionist in August and um, of last year, and one of the things was that I gave up coffee, and for a long time, I gave up sugar. I gave up all sorts of things like chocolate and stuff that I love so much and went on this cleanse, and then um, very restricted eating plan. I hate to even call it that, but that's what it was, and um, just did that in order to reset my health, and that was one of the hardest things that I've ever done, 
because I realized how much I love food and food is kind of a drug for me too. And to, to be able to live and survive and thrive without coffee, without all these empty carbs, without chocolate, without all this food that had made me so happy temporarily in the past, it was very empowering to me as a person. And it not only changed my health, but it completely changed my mindset and my approach. And it was kind of like, if I can do this, there are so many other things that I can do. I just realized that I was a lot stronger than I gave myself credit for. I've given up coffee at times too. And even right now I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know that I want this in me anymore. Drinking so much water though can be crazy. And I know you were doing the same thing. Like it was what, like a gallon or more, something like that of lemon water? Yeah, I drink about a gallon of lemon water a day. And you're doing that now. Because I mean, we all should be drinking a lot more than we are. We just don't realize it. (laughs) (laughs) just when I started drinking more water, it made such an impact on so many different areas of my life, my skin and my overall just energy and my hair, my nails, like just everything about me. It, it was so much better just by drinking more water. And I didn't, I rarely have headaches now and I had headaches all the time. And I just realized it was because a lot of it was just from dehydration. Yeah. That's, that's the same thing that I observed is at the times where I have, and I'm trying to do this right now, so not to sound hypocritical, um, I have, when I, when I am on point, when I am hydrating properly, I don't necessarily get headaches so easily. I feel like I don't need the coffee, which some people think is crazy, but, it, but you can attest to that. It's true. Yeah. Have you gone back to any, having any coffee at all or are you, are you still no. clean? No, I had I had like a funeral service for my last cup of coffee. I took a picture of it. It was a very sad day. I grieved the loss of it, but I have not gone back. I and I I love the smell of coffee, but I really don't have the desire to drink it anymore. There's now I have learned like I love decaf chai. I've learned some different things that I will ha- like when you just want a warm cup of something. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have decaf chai or um, there's a couple of other different kinds of cinnamon tea that I'll have. Um, But no, I haven't gone back to coffee. And I was going to say one other thing that I learned um, from changing not only my diet, but my lifestyle was that I was not getting near enough sleep. And so for me, drinking more water, not drinking coffee, because coffee was impacting my sleep, then caused me to sleep so much more. Um, So the year of rest, turned into an actual year of rest because I started getting enough sleep. And I realized I am a nice person when I get a lot of sleep. (laughs) And I'm a not so nice person. And I'm a lot more stressed. And I'm a lot more anxious and jittery and just can't function and be as productive or focused when I don't get enough sleep. And so I've become a big advocate of just making sure that your body is getting enough sleep because I had no idea. I thought, oh, I'm one of those people. I can totally function on five and a half to six hours of sleep. I'm just a person who doesn't require much sleep. I'm good. And I realized, no, when I don't have coffee, I need a lot more sleep. And I am so much healthier and feel so much better when I get at least seven or seven and a half hours of sleep. It's amazing what we discover about ourselves when we allow the room to make those discoveries, like you deciding to say no to all these things suddenly made so much more room and you're discovering, oh, I could, I should change up my nutrition. Oh, I should quit coffee. Oh, I should sleep a whole lot more. I'm a nicer person. I still think it's funny that you say that because I've never known you to not be nice. But of course, you know, 
I, I've only met you in person a couple of times. So, <laughs> well, maybe I would be even more, uh, much more nicer now, you know? So yes. <laughs> I just, in my head, I realized that there was, because there was so much going on, there was so much crazy in my head. And then you add in the fact that I'm not getting at all enough sleep and running on fumes. And it's like, it's just a recipe for stress and for anxiety, which is what I had. And I realized that I had been having so many panic attacks and things like that, that I didn't even realize were panic attacks because I was just so busy. And I just thought, oh, this is how everybody functions. Like, this is just what happens. And to realize, no, actually, this is not completely normal. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the thing is we, we get so used to this stuff that we act as if it's normal. Like my morning this morning was fine until a couple of things kind of turned it the wrong way. And, and I really consciously had to hit pause and change my mindset. And it was because, um, again, coffee plays into this. Like I didn't have any coffee yet. And it was, uh, I mean, it was warning lights to me. It was like, oh my gosh, seriously, I, I'm not drinking it all that much, but I've kind of gradually brought it back in. And suddenly it was like, Oh geez, this this is it's an obvious sign. I haven't drank enough water yet today and I'm craving coffee. There's an obvious problem here. <laughs> <laughs> the craving of the coffee though, this was what was the weirdest thing for me. So that when I went on this cleanse, it was only I only had to go on the cleanse because I didn't have weight to lose. I just had to go on it for a short while, which I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because I don't think I could have survived otherwise. But I don't know how people do longer cleanses. But anyway, it was about eight days of me literally experiencing withdrawal symptoms that were, I mean, I was shaking. I was totally moody. I just wanted to sleep all the time. I was angry. I was upset. And I wanted to cry that I couldn't have coffee. Like, I literally felt like crying about the fact that I couldn't have coffee or chocolate cake. And I was like, I have an addiction to this stuff. And that was, it was just very eye opening to me because I never, I've always eaten pretty healthy. And I just had no idea that I was looking to those things to kind of bring me this comfort and allow me to survive. So I, I'm curious now that, you know, 2016 is over and we're into 2017, where has this year gone in terms of what you've learned from that year of rest? So much has changed. Like I literally feel like I'm a completely different person. And it's like a whole entire year of allowing yourself to just the space to breathe, to give yourself permission to do what you needed to do to heal, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. And in all areas, I am so changed as a person. And I think one of the biggest things for me is that I don't get up really early anymore. And that was something that was a habit that I developed when I was, I think, 12 years old. And from the time that I was 12 years old, pretty much every single morning until last year, when I was 30, I turned 35 last year, I rarely ever had a morning that I got up, didn't get up by 5.30, 6 o'clock. Like I just usually would get up by 5, 5.30. And during my year of rest, I gave myself permission to not set my alarm clock for some of the time, which was just felt like I was doing the most wrong, sinful thing ever. But I didn't set my alarm clock and just was like, what is this going to feel like? What would this feel like? I ended up realizing that when I sleep in till 630, sometimes even until seven, 
I get up and feel so much calmer about my day. And it's like this, it's like I'm telling myself, you don't have to wake up and just go into crazy mode. You can start your day on a calm note. So starting my day on that calm note and then going through my day and giving myself the space to breathe, to process, to say yes to the right things. And so one of the big things that has changed is that I spend a lot less time on the computer. I work a lot fewer hours. I have a lot more offline time. Usually every day I have somewhere between four and five hours where I'm completely offline. And I don't always have inbox zero. And I don't always get back with people in a timely manner because I'm much more involved in my kids' lives and my kids' activities. I'm spending time with my husband in my own community and a lot less time so focused on building a business. That's awesome. I mean, it sounds to me like what you realized was originally back before you were aware that you needed to have the year of rest, you started to feel the symptoms of this is all good. This is all good, but none of it's great and I don't feel great. So you hit pause, you did almost a, a dial down, a reset, and now a building back up, but only of the stuff that you really do want and essentially need in life. Yes. And I read um, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo's really popular book about what you should have in your home. And one of the things she encourages you to do is literally go through every single item in your home and ask yourself, does this spark joy? I did that for my calendar and I started to really ask myself, what sparks joy? If I could design the life that I would love to have, what would that look like? And so for last year, I once I got to the middle of the year, when I had all this breathing room, then I got to a place where I could say, okay, what do I want to say yes to? And so I said yes to being involved in this discipleship group at church that was this really intensive nine-month study and got to know some women on a really deep level. I said yes to relationships and walking with people really closely and having that community. I said yes to being involved in the kids' ministry at church, which has been such a blessing to be able to get to teach and lead the kids. And I said yes to fun and being with my family. And so... The year of rest actually turned into 2017. I have dubbed this the year of yes, and which might seem a little weird that I would say the year of yes, but it's the year of me saying yes to fun, to adventure, to adding more color in my life because I realized that I had put myself in this tiny little box and I was living this minimalistic life of kind of just doing the bare basics and focusing my energy so much on building a business and then just doing the essentials in other areas of my life. And it was really boring. And I didn't realize how boring it was until I started trying new things and adding color and realizing, oh my goodness, I actually am a much more adventurous person than I ever realized that I was. And so I've done a lot of things this year that have been way outside of what I ever would have anticipated myself doing. Um, We went camping two weeks ago, tent camping for three days. I have not been tent camping since the time I was maybe six years old. And I had a blast. And I never would have seen myself as the kind of person to do that. But just to have the space to be able to say, I can take 
the weekend off and I can go and I can do this and I can be all there and I don't have to bring my computer because it's going to be okay. The business will still be there when I get back and I can go and do this thing and have fun and decide, you know what, I really like this. And so it's just, it's been fun for me to give myself the permission to say yes to fun and to adventure and to being with my family and to adding color and life and a little bit of spontaneity into my otherwise very stoic and minimalistic and straightforward life that I had built before. I think the lessons took because I've been following you and I know that recently you did an experiment with getting up at, I can't even say this, 4.30 a.m. And it didn't take and it's not a good thing. <laughs> it didn't. And it shocked me because I'd been telling myself I wanted to try it again because it had been a long time since I had really consistently gotten up early and I wanted to try it for two weeks. And I really thought that I would go back to it and it would be like, oh my goodness, yes, I remembered why I got up early. This is the best thing ever. I love this. And uh, for the first few days, it was great. But then when kind of my sleep tank ran out because I had some sleep reserves and then when it ran out, I realized that I, as soon as my feet hit the floor because it was like, I got up early, I worked so hard to get up early and to get myself out of bed. Like I have so much stuff that I have to do today. And I went back into that hustle mode really quickly. And my husband looked at me like after a week in and he was like, what is wrong with you? You're just so <laughs> frazzled and frantic. And I'm like, no, I just have a lot of stuff that I have to do. And, and I'm like, you don't understand. There's just a ton of stuff going on right now. And he's just giving me this weird look. And he knows usually that I will come to my senses. It just takes me a few days. And so I kept on with it because I was like, I think this is going to be good. I, I'm, I have hope for this. I mean, getting up early is a good thing. All the experts say you should do that, right? And I was one of those experts for so long. And um, I did it for two weeks. And at the end of two weeks, we actually had the camping trip at the end of the two weeks. And um, I went on the camping trip feeling kind of in that frazzled state that I had lived in for so long. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I haven't been here in a very long time. What has changed? And it, it took me a little bit. You would think I'm kind of slow, I guess. But it took me a little bit to realize I've been getting up really early the last two weeks. And I realized that that's a trigger for me of something unhealthy. And that triggers me to get back into that unhealthy place. So when I set my alarm really early, then somehow it triggers me to jump right back into the hustle and feel like I have to cram every single minute of every day full to the brim because I want to use my time wisely, which I want to use my time wisely, but I don't need to. It's not wise if I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off and snapping at my family just in the name of productivity. And so for me to just let myself sleep in a little bit and get up at a healthier time for me, I am so much calmer. And the crazy thing is I get so much more done. Yeah, because you're operating at an optimal level instead of a frazzled, hurried, rushed level. Absolutely, yes. Exactly. Well, Crystal, it's been awesome talking with you again. I know you've got some really cool, exciting stuff going on. I'd love for you to direct people where to go check that stuff out. So one of the things that I said yes to um, at the end of 2016, when I had cleared all the cobwebs out and I had you know, said, okay, what, what would spark joy? What do I really want to spend the next 10 or 20 years of my life investing in when it comes to the business and online stuff? And I realized that I really wanted to help women entrepreneurs 
And I wanted to help them to be able to share their stories with the world and do it strategically and effectively. And I wanted to be able to help bloggers maximize the mileage of their blog and make more money blogging so that ultimately they could impact more people. And so we started brainstorming what would that look like and how could we pull that off? And so just this week, we launched yourbloggingmentor.com. I'm super excited about it. Um, it is a blog for beginner to intermediate bloggers helping you make a part-time to full-time income blogging. So for anyone who is interested in blogging, who has just started a blog, who is thinking about starting a blog, or who just wants to learn from someone who's made a whole lot of mistakes and is willing to put it out there, um, I would love for you to come check out yourbloggingmentor.com. And we have a cheat sheet on there that's free to download when you sign up. Um, I'd love for people to come check that out. I am also um, on Instagram, very active on Instagram and um, Insta stories. And my Instagram is the money city mom. And then um, obviously my blog, my other blog is moneysavingmom.com. Awesome. Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your transparency and your, uh, you know, failings and then learnings with us. It's always helpful to hear examples of this in people's lives. Thank you so much for the opportunity. If you're like me, you really appreciate learning from people by hearing them tell their story. I really appreciate Crystal coming on the show and sharing a little deeper and more personally her struggle and her journey through to the other side. I know that those stories then end up resonating even more than just reading it in a book or hearing it as a lecture. If you appreciated this episode, I'd love for you to head on over to the show notes at beyondthetodolist.com slash 175. There you can find all the links that were mentioned in this episode. You can subscribe to the show and grab all the back episodes as well as all the coming episodes. And you can share it with someone you know needs to hear this message. Also, don't forget to go check out the Alt-MBA by Seth Godin. You can apply now for summer and fall sessions. To find out more, go to altmba.com slash beyond and make sure to mention Beyond the To-Do List in your application for special consideration. Thanks again for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you. I will see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.